this morning. If truth does not conquer deception in your life, if truth does not conquer deception in your life, evil will continually triumph. If truth does not conquer deception in your life, evil will continually triumph. And you'll see where that ties in today. All right, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look to your word. We praise you that your word has been sent to heal us and deliver us. Give us insight and inspiration, Father God, how to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Again, glory, hallelujah. Our God reigns. And he hears our prayers. Okay. We live in the most exciting times of man's existence. We are living in the prophetic days of the end time events. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And with all signs happening, it's ready to take place. After the absence of the nation of Israel for nearly 2,000 years, it had a rebirth, 1948. The land of Israel's deserts are now blooming. The descendants of Abraham have been scattered, that, have been, that had been scattered throughout the earth are returning to the homeland of Israel. Glory to God. Are they happy? And the Jewish people are seeing biblical prophecies taking place and they are expecting the Messiah to return. Boy, as think, I mean, if they're expecting the Messiah to return, boy, we are ready to roll. Amen. For believing Christians, there is an, an, an anticipation, excitement, knowing that the time that we are living in will usher in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Hallelujah! But this time is also a time of great danger for the Christians. That's hard to say, isn't it? The Christian faith, for the Word of God tells us that there would be a great deception and falling away from the truth of God. And that's directed towards you and I. And we are in the last days. So there's deceptions beginning to take place. So if you want a title tonight or this morning, Rampant Deceptions. What believers here must align with the doctrinal truths of the Bible. Otherwise we must not accept it, believe it, or follow it. Uh, let's look at a couple of words of warning in Matthew chapter 24. That's Matthew chapter 24. Jesus is speaking. Jesus, verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Drop down to verse 24 of that same chapter, 24, 24. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets 
and show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. We have to be aware. Watch out. Let's go to Luke chapter 21. We're just looking at a couple of warnings. Luke chapter 21. Verse 8. That's Luke 21, 8. Take heed that you be not be deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not, therefore, after them. Wow. Book of Galatians. Book of Galatians, chapter 6. Verse 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Wow, these are heavy scriptures on deception here. Ephesians chapter 5. Note verse 6, Ephesians 5, verse 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. I'm going to read that from the Amphibite. Let no one delude and deceive you with empty excuses and groundless arguments for these sins. For though these things, through these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of rebellion and disobedience. Wow. One more scripture on a warning. There are others, but we just took a few of them. That's 2 Thessalonians this time. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Again, we are living in these days, so we have to listen. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, looking at verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. We are living these days. We can't be deceived. We are told we should not be deceived. So we just looked at a couple of scriptures of warning. Uh, deception. 4105 in your strong concordance. It means... To cause to roam from the truth or, and virtue. To cause to roam from truth and virtue. To go astray. To err. To seduce. To wander. To be out of the way. Straying. That is deception. Okay. Cause to roam from the truth and virtue, to go astray, to err, to seduce, to wander, to be out of the way, straying. So what are the challenges Christians are met with today? 
since we are in these last days, and deception says, it says that deception will come upon the world, what are we, what are we to be aware of? Well, we've talked about it before a little bit, but chrislam, chrislam, the intermixing of the Christian faith with the Muslim faith, can these two coexist peacefully and be true? It is suggested that Christians call God Allah. Ain't that a good one? So do Christians and Muslims worship the same God? Acts 17. You know where I'm going. Acts 17, verse what? Anybody? These were more noble than the Thessalonians in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. We need to search the scriptures daily on anything. Okay. When we search the scriptures daily, find out if we were so, then we can make a decision on what we hear. Okay. So let's make some comparisons with God and Allah. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In the Koran, in, in Surah, S-U-R-A-H, 1.12, verse 3, it says, Allah begots no, begets nobody. In other words, he doesn't have a son. So how can we intermix our faith when God has a son and Allah does not have a son? Romans chapter 5. Verse 8. But God commends his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God has unconditional love. What about Allah? Surah chapter 2 verse 190 says that Allah's love is conditional. Allah's love is conditional. You can only have his love one way. That's a warring way oftentimes. Okay. 1 Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2. Verses 3 and 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of truth. So God wants all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of truth. What does Allah say, or the Quran say about Allah? Surah 
chapter 4, verses 168 through 169 says, Allah is e not eager to forgive sinners. So if you do something wrong, he's going to put you down. Oh, ain't that a wild one. 1 John chapter 4. In 1 John. Chapter 4. Looking at verse 10. Herein is, the love, herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and that he sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. God's Son, Jesus died on the cross. There was made an atonement for us. Amen? What does the Quran say about Allah? Allah says, Allah has no son. Jesus was just a prophet, and he did not die on the cross. That's Surah chapter 2, verse 116. Surah chapter 4. Verses 157 through 158. So Jesus never died and he was just a prophet. How can you call our God Allah? Okay. John 17. The book of John. John 17. Look at verse 17. John 17, 17. Jesus speaking, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Hallelujah. God's word is truth. What does the Quran say about Allah? Surah, Surah chapter 3, verse 54 says, Allah is... Quote, Allah is the greatest of all deceivers. Wow. If he's the greatest of all deceivers, how can you believe anything this guy says? You either believe the Bible or the Koran. The truth or error. Don't be deceived. In no way should a Christian believer believe in Chrysalem. It is decisively wrong and will lead you on a path of error that leads to destruction. Well, did you learn anything about the Koran? We matched everything. I don't want to, I don't think I want to be around that individual. That was just a couple. There, there's a few that he says he wants to have war. He wants you to be in war and, and kill all the time. Of course, we didn't bring up the ones where he says, if you're a Christian or a Jew, that he wants to, to execute you. Okay. Let's go to another fallacy. So I don't think you're going to fall for that one. I hope you don't fall for that one anyway. Uh, some, some Christians are falling for the, for the chrism stuff. Stay away from it. 
Okay. Two, there is a leader within, the Christi within Christianity today that says that even if one is an atheist, a Buddhist, Hindu, or whatever religion, they can make it to heaven in, in the very state they are now living in. Wow. Let's see what John chapter 6 says. John chapter 6. Jesus is speaking. This individual says, anybody can go to the, get into heaven on their own. But in John chapter 6, verse 44, Jesus speaks, No man cometh unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Chapter 14. Let's go to chapter 14 now. Speaking of Jesus. Verse 6. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And where is the Father? In heaven. So, as Christians, we need to avoid at any cost those who refuse to accept the central truth of the gospel, making and portraying them as arcade and non-binding just to appease men. Well, you know, you're an atheist, you can make it. Well, that's good, I, I really like you, and any other type of thing. That's not what it is. Okay. Let's go to the new one, or not new, it's not really new, but it's, it's been out there for a while. It just resurfaced, I'll put it that way. Grace, God's unmerited favor. We like that. Is this deception the way it is now being, is, it, is, this, uh, is this a deception the way it is now being presented? Once saved, always saved. Hmm. What does the Bible say about grace? Again, we have to fall back on Acts 17.11. You're gonna, we're going to be checking things a little bit closer. And this is going to clear up some matters for us. I hope it will clear up some matters for you. So under the guise of honoring the finished work of Christ on the cross, some teachers lead many to believe that once a person is in grace, he will always be in grace. You can't fall out of grace because you're under grace, right? Regardless of how much sin he, uh, he sins thereafter, there is a true sense in which every believer can have everlasting life and be eternally secure whenever God's conditions are met. That's the key. God's conditions are met. One, it is vital to get God's thoughts on the subject as expressed in all scripture. So let's go to 2 Peter. In 2 Peter we find chapter 1, 2 Peter chap, uh, chapter 1. Look at verse 20. Knowing this first, 
No prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, we have to find out what the Scripture says. And go back to Isaiah chapter 10 where it says, Line upon line, precept upon precept. Here little, there little. We have to just get it. We just can't pick out something and say, this is what it is. So we're going to find out about grace this morning. Okay. Uh, turn, me, turn back now to, we've been into the book of uh, Timothy. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, is a familiar verse. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly divining the word of truth. So we're going to have to take the word and see what it says. We just can't take a word and go hook, line, and sinker for something that may be a little bit off. Some people can twist. See, the devil can, when he went to Adam and Eve... He gave them a truth. But then he kind of twisted it a little bit. And some people are just kind of twisting it where people are going to believe, hey, I can do anything. I'm under grace. That's not the fact. Yes, we will find out. First, we have to recognize that uh, man is a free moral agent all the days of his life, whether he is saved or unsaved. You get a person that's unsaved, he makes his cho- all different kind of choices. You get a person that's saved, they make different choices. So you are a free agent. In other words, you could choose. You have a choice. We are told many times to choose and are given what the results sh- should, uh, should, pardon me. We are told many times to choose and are given what the results of those choices will bring into our lives. Let's look at an example. We'll look at a few of them. To the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. Looking at verse 15. That's Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. See, I have set before you this day life and good and death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, and his statutes, and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess. So now we have a choice there. Good or evil. Amen? Life or death. Look at verse 19. God speaks, speaking, and he says, I call heaven and earth to record, record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. So we have a choice here. He says, I'm giving you a choice. I'm telling you what's the best choice. Just follow it. But you don't have to do it. A lot of people don't have to do it. People say, I don't want it. I, I reject that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that Jesus is, is, is Lord. So they reject it. But he says, we need to receive him. Your decisions 
will determine your destiny. Your decisions will determine your destiny. Whoa. Well, right after the book of Deuteronomy is the book of Joshua. Look what Joshua says in chapter 24. Look at verse 15. That's Joshua 24, 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose this day whom you shall serve. So there's a choice. You can choose good or bad. Okay. Proverbs chapter 1. In Proverbs chapter 1. Look at verse. Beginning with verse 29. That's Proverbs 1, 29. For they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Whoa. For in the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whosoever hearken unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. So, we see here, there's a choice, and some choo chose not to follow, follow the Lord. Wow. Let's find another one. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Find the book of Isaiah and turn to the 66th chapter. That's Isaiah chapter 66. We're going to look at the very end of, uh, of this because that's 66, chapter 66, verse 3, the very end of it. Yea, they chosen their own ways, and their soul delighteth in their abominations. That's 66, chapter, uh, chapter 66 of Isaiah, verse 3, the very end of it. Yea, they have chosen their own ways, and their soul delights in their abominations. They chose their own ways. They don't have to choose God's ways. So we're seeing that as men and women, we have a choice here. Every day you have a choice. Go to work or stay in bed. She said in verse 4, And I, also choose, uh, and I will choose their delusions and bring... They're free upon them, because when I have called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear. But they did evil before my eyes, and chose that which I delighted not. Wow. Verse 
She said four, four and five out of the Amplified? Okay. That's Isaiah chapter 66, verses 4 and 5 from the Amphibian. So I will choose their delusions and their mockings and their calamities and their afflictions, and I will bring their fears upon them, because when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not listen or obey, but they did what was evil in my sight and chose that which I did not delight. Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble, in at, who tremble at his word, your brethren who hate you, who cast you out for my name's sake, have said, let the Lord be glorified that we may see your joy. But, as, but it is as they who shall put, be put to shame. Whoa. Anyway, they chose their own ways. If you're going to choose, when, when God gives you a choice, it's good or bad. Choose what he says to choose. Well, let's go to, to the New Testament. Somebody says, ah, it's Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament, chapter uh, John, the book of John. Verse 26, that's John 12, 26. If any man, Jesus is speaking, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall he also my servant be. If any man serve, serve me, him will, my, him will my father honor. So we have power over our own will. It shows us that we could do one way or the other, okay? Now, going back to grace we just found out that we are um, able to make a choice. We're free agents, moral, free moral agents. Now, going back to the situation, uh, grace, um, unmerited favor. Can eternal life be lost? They're saying once you're in grace, you can't be. They say uh, those that fall out, of, those that are not under grace were never saved. This is the, the, the thoughts now. On, on those that are under grace are saved. Those that never were under grace are lost. So once you're saved, you can't fall out of grace. Is that true? If anyone is lost, he is, put it this way, they say, if anyone is lost, he was never saved. Once in grace, always in grace. That's what they say. I heard it myself. Such arguments are out of harmony with all creation and the very principles of life. In every phase of life, there are certain conditions to be met and maintained to that phase of life. So let's go to, since we're in the New Testament, let's go to Romans chapter 8. 
Romans chapter 8. Verse 13, 8, 13. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. If ye live through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now who's, who is Paul speaking to here? He's speaking to Christians. So how, why would he speak of death if we can never fall from grace? Doesn't make sense. Okay, um, from the Amplified. If you are, live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you habitually putting on, uh, putting to death, make extinct, deadening the evil deeds, prompted by the body, you shall readily and, and genuinely live forever. In other words, have eternal life. But he says, if you, but if you're we're living under the, the strength and the power of, of the flesh, we're going to die. We all live in the flesh. Okay. Okay. Eternal life is given to the man to a man when he receives Jesus Christ, and as long as he remains in Christ. God, uh, and as long as he remains in Christ. So we, we know that we call upon the Lord, name of the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. And as long as we remain in him and not disregard grace, we will be safe. I can, I can agree there. But God says that sin separates and kills and this happens in every case. If, we look, if you look at, especially the Old Testament, he says, you sinned, you're going to perish, you're going to die. It still happens today. You sin, you perish, you die. Okay, so let's look at a few of these scriptures that uh, may open your eyes. Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. Oh, I wonder. Didn't look right. Exodus. Okay, Ex <laughs> Exodus 32. Look at verse 32. Exodus 32, 32. Yet now, if you will not forgive, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and this is Moses, and if not, blot out, blot, blot me, I pray thee, out of the book of life which thou hast written. So God has a book of life. And Moses' was written, name was written in the book of life. But he says, if, if this is going to be bad, blot me out and, and save them. Verse 33. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. What? If I, if I sin against him, 
I'll blot out of my book. Wait a minute. That means my name has to be in the book to get blotted out. That means I'm under grace. But he said, if I sin against him, I could be removed. Does that say once saved, always saved? That means if you're under grace, you're always going to be under grace? No. Revelation. We're going to jump around a little bit now. Revelation chapter 22. That's the book of Revelation chapter 22. Nope, made a mistake here, did something wrong. Can't call that one up. I'll have to check that one out. So let's go to Revelation chapter 3 then. Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus speaking. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that overcometh, I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. So if you don't overcome, you can be blotted out. That's what it says. Let me read that from the Amplified. Thus thus shall he say who conquers is victorious. Be clad in white garments and I will not erase or blot out his name from the book of life. I will acknowledge him as mine and I will confess his name openly before my father and before his angels. Well, here he says that they were written in the book of life. That means they're saved. But if they don't overcome, that means they had to fall to something or they were challenged by something. If they don't overcome it, they can have their names blotted out or erased. That doesn't doesn't show me that there's once saved, always saved. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, the one before it? Let's, oh, let's see. Let me look at it. She said go back to Revelation 22. 22. How did I get that one? Oh, okay. 22.19. There's Revelation 22.19. Not 15. Okay. If any man shall take away from this words of this book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. Wait a minute. The man's still written, his name is written in the uh, book of life. There's that song. There's a new name written down in heaven. It's mine, it's mine. Glory to God. This is what, what else does it say? Take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in his book. What's the things that are written in his book? The blessings, life, eternity. It could be taken away. Oh. We can't listen to the people that are not... We're looking at the scripture. 
20 and 21, uh, Revelation 22. Okay. He who gives this warning and affirms and testifies to these things say, Yes, it is true. Surely I am coming quickly, swiftly and speedily. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So let it be. Yes, come Lord Jesus. The grace, blessing, and favor of the Lord Jesus Christ, Messiah, will be with the saints, God's holy people, those set apart for God to be, as it were, exclusively His. Amen. And so let it be. So we need to keep our, our nose to the grindstone, as they say. Okay. Okay. I want to uh, go back to the book of Deuteronomy, this time chapter 8. Oh. Deuteronomy chapter 8, looking at verse 19. And it shall be, if thou shalt forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify you against this day, you shall surely perish. That is heavy. Read it again. And it shall be, if thou forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them. I, God, testify against you this day, you shall surely perish. Question. Looking at that verse right there, where is Solomon this morning? What did, what did it say in last days that he what? He worshipped other gods. And serve them. God says you'll perish. And that doesn't mean dying the flesh way. It means dying, being separated from God. If you're, not, if you're separated from God, God's in heaven. There's only, only one other place to go. That's heavy. The wisest man in the world at that time goofed up. Deuteronomy chapter Verse 18, that's Deuteronomy 29, 18. Lest there should be among you a man or woman or a family or a tribe whose heart turns away this day from the Lord our God to serve other gods of these nations. Lest there, there should be among you a root that beareth gall and a woodworm. Oh, wormwood, pardon me. And it came to pass, when he heareth the words of, of this curse, that he blessed himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in the imaginations of my heart. 
to add drunkenness to thirst. Verse 20, the Lord will not spare him, but then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man. And all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him, and the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. There's no good to cross God. It's, it proves that if you backslide, you provoke him. If we provoke him, we fall from grace. Now you know it's, why it's so hard for, uh, in Proverbs, that a brother in the Lord is hard to win back than a city. We need, for those that know of people that are backslidden, that are on the backside of the desert, thinking they're having such a good time, get on your knees and pray because the time is coming. The time is coming. They're going to stand before the Lord and it's not going to be pre-sight. Oh, wow. Pastor Dave. All these bad things. Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel chapter 3. Okay, let me... Uh, okay, that's Deuteronomy. We're going back to Deuteronomy in just a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 29. From the Amplified. That's Deuteronomy 29, verse 19 and 20. From the Amplified. Unless when he hears the words of this curse and oath and flatters, the, uh, congratulates himself in his mind and heart, saying, I shall have peace and safety, though I walk in the stubbornness of my mind and heart, bringing down a hurricane of destruction and sweep away the water land with the dry. The Lord will not pardon him, but when the anger of the Lord and his jealousy will smoke against that man, and all the curses that are written in this book shall settle on him, and the Lord will blot out his very name from under the heavens. Backsliders, pray for them. Going to Ezekiel chapter 3, I'm sorry, let's go back... Uh, we turn to Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse, beginning with verse 20. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness. What's this man doing? He's turning away from God, in other words and commits iniquity or sin, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because thou hast not given him warning. Wow. Who's that talking to? It's talking to us, talking, telling us to talk to the backslider. He shall die in his sin, and, and his righteousness, which he hath done, shall not be what? Shall not be what? It will not be remembered. 
Oh, there's... Let's go to Ezekiel 33, chapter 33. Ezekiel chapter 33 now. Righteousness not being remembered. He was right with God and his righteous. He turned away from God and his righteousness not be remembered. Bad news. Ezekiel chapter 20, uh, 33. Verse, beginning with verse 12. This is a, a, a long one here. Verse 12, Ezekiel 33, 12. Therefore thou, son of man, say unto the children of the people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. What? I thought once saved, always saved. As, far for the, as for the wicked, wickedness of the wicked, he shall, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. So we see here a wicked person changes his mind and turns to God, neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in that day that he sinneth. Verse 13. When I say, unto, when I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he, if he trusts to his own righteousness and commits iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. But for his iniquity he hath committed he shall die for it. Again I say unto, you, unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die. If he turn away from sin and do that which is lawful and is right, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again, give again that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live and not die. So there it is. There's one of us at the very beginning. We were wicked and we turned our ways, we received the Lord Jesus, we shall not die. But we looked at somebody else that was right with God and, and he messed up. We can't mess up. None of his sins that he hath committed shall be mentioned to him. Look at that. Because you turn to God, none of your sins are re remembered. He had done that which was lawful and right. He shall surely live. Yet say to the, yet say, yet the children of, my, of thy people say, The way of the Lord is not equal, but for them their way is not equal. Oh, this is wrong, this is wrong. I was always good, I was always good. My good outweighs the bad. He doesn't see it that way. Ugh. When the righteous turneth from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall even die thereby. But if the wicked turn from his wickedness and do that which is rightful, lawful and right, he shall live thereby. So we always got to stay on top of things. If you commit a sin, confess it. They say, well, that they're saying that... Uh, uh, 1 John 1, 9 was only meant for certain people. Hey, it means for all people. If you mess up, clean up. Oh, boy. Psalm 69. I'm going to give you a bunch of them because this is where things are happening right now. Psalm 69. 
verse 28 says, Let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Again, if someone was written in the book, he was saved. But it says, Let them be blotted out of the book of, life, uh, book of the living and not be written with the righteous. They were righteous, but they messed up. Their names were written in the book of life. Okay, Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. Let's get in the New Testament a little bit. Book of Matthew, chapter 7. This is a, these are all heavy. This, is, this section is heavy. Because people are falling for this. Matthew, chapter 7, verse 21. Not, look at this. Not everyone, verse 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. Who is going to call him Lord? Not the sinner, but those that knew him. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 22. 10 verse 22. Jesus is speaking. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. It is possible not to endure to the end. He says... Those that endure to the end shall be saved. But if you don't endure to the end, what's going to happen? It is possible not to endure to the end. Or the scripture is meaningless. Luke chapter 8. Oh, I got plenty of time. Let's go to the book of Luke, and we want to go to the 8th chapter. Verse 13. That's Luke 8, 13. And on the rock, and on the rock are they. Who's the rock? Jesus. And on a rock are they, which, when they heard, received the word with joy. And these have no root, for which for a while believed, and in time of temptation fall away. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said they can't fall away. It says he just did. It's falling away. John chapter 6. Found John 6, go to the 66th verse. From that time, many of his, what? Disciples went back and walked no more with him. What did they do? 
They walked back. They turned away. And look at that verse again. Six, six, six. Pretty hair. You want me to run back all the way back there, Matthew? Oh, Matthew 7. Okay, we're going back to Matthew 7, 21. 7, 21 through 23. Okay, 7, Matthew 7. This is, goes along with what we just read. Matthew 7, 21 from the Amplified. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, heaven but, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven... Verse 22, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons by your name and done many mighty works in your name? Verse 23, and I will say unto them openly and publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my commands. What is his command? Follow through on the word. Don't, don't. Well, I already passed it up. Sorry. Okay. Let's go to Romans chapter 11. In Romans chapter 11. Hey, we need to be... What's that, that song? Tiptoe through the tulips? We need, to be, we need to be tiptoeing. That's Romans chapter 11, looking at verse 16. Romans eleven sixteen 16 says, If the fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. If the fruit is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and being wild, and being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and them, and with them partake of the root of the fatness of the tree. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, bearest not the root, but the root thee. Okay, boy, I can't get my words out. Then we'll say the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. Thou standest by faith, be not high-minded. If God spared not the natural branches, take heed also that he also spare not thee. Be careful. Don't get so high-minded that, that you're so, so heavenly good that you're no earthly, no, so heavenly, what is it? So heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. We need to be we need to be alive to God, working with Him, not against Him. Second Corinthians. In Second Corinthians chapter five. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things become anew. We must bear good fruit 
so that we are not cast out. Okay. Coming down to the end here. Let's go to the book of Ro- back to the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Look at verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. They knew Him, yet they turned from Him. That doesn't say once saved, always saved. It doesn't mean that once you're in grace, you'll always remain in grace. They knew him, but they turned from him. Chapter 2, Romans. Therefore, verse 1, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whoever thou art that judges, for therein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself for Thou that judges does the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to the truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man that judges them which do this things, and does the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? that despises that the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance. What? Repentance? Once saved, always saved. You don't have to repent. But here it says you need to repent. The goodness of God shows that we need to repent when you fall into bad things. Verse 5, But after their hardness and and impenitent heart treasured up in themselves wrath against the day of wrath, uh, wrath against the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Wow, this is heavy stuff. Let's go to Galatians chapter one. There's a lot on grace. In Galatians chapter 1, look at verse 6. These are Christians. He's talking to Christians. Galatians 1, verse 6. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto grace of Christ unto to another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. We're removed. When, when someone perverts the gospel and you follow it, you're removed. Oh, chapter 5 of Galatians. Look at this one. They say you can't fall from grace. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. 
Well, how can you fall from grace? You're doing, you're doing foolish things. Right, let's go to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly. That's 1 Timothy 4, 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. So how can you depart from the faith if you were never were? That means these individuals knew the Lord. They were redeemed. But giving heed to seducing Spirits and doctrines of devil. That's, it says in the last days these are going to happen. They depart from the faith. Oh. Hebrews 12. We're about done. Hebrews 12. Somebody said amen. Hebrews 12, looking at verse 16, uh, 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God. Does any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled? Looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God. How can you fail the grace of God if you're under the grace of God? They cannot say this is not a believer. Second Peter. In 2 Peter chapter 2. Which one? 2 Peter? Okay, 2 Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2. Beginning with verse 15. Which have forsaken the right way, which have forsaken the right way, and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked in his iniquity. The dumbass speaking with, with a man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. So when you go against God, you're, 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 you're considered mad. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with, with a tempest to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. What? Those that what? Forsake their white way. Reserved for darkness forever. For they that speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh. Oh, that's good. I don't have to, you know. I could do my own thing and I'm still saved. I'm going to still make it. Now that says, this is what they're thinking. For, they, for, for when they speak great swilling words of vanity, they are lured through the lust of their flesh, through much wantonness. Those that were, uh, were clean escaped from them who were in error, who lived in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. For whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after that they had escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they again are entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse 
with them than the beginning. What was the beginning? The beginning is they were not born again, they were going to hell. Now it says, now they were born again, they turned their back, it's worse for them. Because they're going to hell. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it, to turn from it with holy commandments delivered unto them. How can you say that once saved, always saved? You can't. But it has happened unto them according to a true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that is washed to her wallowing in the mire. Those are a few scriptures showing that not one, uh, once saved, always saved. We have to watch ourselves. We need to guard ourselves. I believe that we have shown scripture to prove that once saved, always saved is an error. We must continue to be faithful and obedient to God's word to prove all things so as not be deceived. And if we'll turn to the last scripture, we go to the book of Philippians. Find the book of Philippians, chapter 2. And look what is written here. In chapter 2 of Philippians, there is a headline just above verse 12. It says, Obligations of Christians. Verse 12. That's Philippians 2.12. Wherefore, my beloved, as... Ye have always obeyed, not as in my present only, but now much more in my absence. What does it say? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Don't rely on somebody else's words. Find out what the word of God says. Don't, don't be duped into believing a bunch of trash. Always use, well not always use, but use the spirit of God that's within you in Acts 17.11. From the Amplified, verse 12. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now, so now, so now not only with enthusiasm, you would show in my presence much more because I am absent. Work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal and fully complete your own salvations with reverence and in all trembling, self-distrust, with serious, cautious tenderness of consciousness, watchfulness against temptations, timidity, uh, shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. So, we kind of looked at the things that are taking place up to this point. I would say the deceptions. Again, chrislam, those that are saying you get to heaven Anyway, just to appease man. And then, of course, um, the, new, the new word of grace, which is not a word of grace. Actually, if you look it up, it goes back, way back. It happened before, and they were, you know, after 2,000 years, you figure, why would something like this come up? After 2,000 years, a new revelation? Come on. Okay. 
That was heavy. The latter part was heavy. But I'm hoping you, you, you see the light in you. Like, like Philippians says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Some things in your life that's wrong. You know it's wrong. The God, well, God's word says, get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. Let's not have... Don't try to take a, take a baggage to heaven with you. Some of the baggage ain't going to work. Some of that baggage might keep you here. So get rid of that baggage. Okay, let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. We just looked at a few deceptions. We might have felt a leading to follow some of these things or kind of dabbed in it. If that's you, raise your hand. We'll pray that it'll never happen again, that you'll have eyes, your eyes be open. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're set. You're ready for the rapture. You're not taking any excess baggage. The only baggage you're taking with you are those that you won to the Lord. The sheaves, as it says. Bringing in the sheaves. Let's get some sheaves. Bring some sheaves in before the... The trump sounds and we're called up. Let's not have, have a, uh, a weak crop when we go up there. Let's get a, big, get a big crop that is following you up there. Amen. Let's all stand. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks that your word works wonders. I thank you, Lord, that we, are, we were able to look into your word, Father God, to see things more clearly, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we are the righteousness of God in Christ as long as we stand with you, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that you enable us, Father God, to walk in truth and righteousness. I thank you, Lord, that that which we ask will come to pass. I thank you, Lord, we will put our hands to shall prosper. Now, Father God, for the food that we're about to partake in, we ask, Lord, that you bless it to our bodies. Strengthen it, Father God, that we will enjoy not only the food, but our fellowship in Jesus' name. Amen.